Salam everyone, welcome to the Abuan Chronicles podcast, a podcast hosted by five black Muslim women, Ikran, Istahil, Sahra, Umul Khair, and your girl Hafsa living her best life out in self-imposed exile in London, UK. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, politics, and more. Hello. <laughs> fancy, fancy. <laughs> All right, so we have the whole gang here, minus uh, Sahra and Hania, to chat about um, a couple of things. First of all, before we go into the topic at hand, Eid Mubarak, a belated Eid Mubarak to everybody out there listening. And we are talking about an Eid-related topic. I'm not sure if any of you have been on Twitter or Instagram or any of these other platforms, but there have been a couple of issues brought up where people wanted to have Black-only Eid or Black-only Iftar events, which, of course, as expected, brought up a lot of controversy, okay? So today on this episode, we wanted to, you know, chat about that a bit and, you know, bring out all our opinions. Is it a good thing to do? Is it a bad thing to do? Is it a thing to do? Is it an issue to start with? What's going on? Y'all want to throw in your two cents? So I'll start, I guess. I personally, I understand where, I guess, the anger comes from because obviously Islam is inherently against racism and that we shouldn't really, according to obviously Quran and sort of hadiths, we shouldn't divide ourselves based on race. However, I do think there's a social context being taken away from the discussion of like very real racism within our communities that people seemingly like suddenly ignore. Like I, I'm all, I'm like neither for it nor against it. Like Kenya said, I understand why people are against it, but I also understand why people are doing it. It's like I think people are just uh, sensitive to the word black and having the event because people always have other kinds of events that always have a certain group of people, but they don't label it that way, right? And then when anyone else comes, like people are welcome, obviously, but people don't feel welcome so like they're allowed to join but like they're going to be isolated right they'll be sitting by themselves right no i'm gonna play the devil's advocate and say like well how is this any different than someone saying oh we're having a yemeni aid event or like a somali aid event still segregating yourself based off of your nationality you know what i mean there's still segregation going on so why is it okay to have an event for a specific nationality but not for a race you know what i mean so i also agree with you guys i think I understand both sides, but then I'm leaning towards the side of like accepting it because if someone's going to feel more welcome and more accepted and, you know, you, if you're having an aid party, you want to feel, you know, comfortable. So I get where they're coming from. I think instead of focusing on black people having their own aid of thought, maybe focus on why. Why do they feel the need to throw their own party? I feel like that's a bigger issue here than focusing on them actually having a party i feel like it is weird because i feel like in my head i compared it to like imagine someone had like a black juma a black like i think people find it weird because it's religious because it's like a religious event or iftar like Eid event. i think it's because it's religious right because people always have black events like we have blackout events we have black graduations like no one gets pissed off about that i think it's because it's associated with religion people you'd be surprised like, actually akron people do get mad about like for example there was a black graduation at u of t and adan people were mad <laughs> like they were not happy about um, it they're like they're like why is this happening but to my my thing is about this it's not a religious event it's not like they're saying let's have a black khutbah it's a party it's, li- it's literally a party it's a aid party it's not a aid salah it's an iftar like when you invite people to your home you should be allowed to invite whoever you want to your home if you're having a iftar event why can't you invite who you want if you want to specifically say i mean like personally if i invite people i'm inviting my friends to my house for instance my friends majority happen to be black or somali people it happens that way anyways what's wrong 
with them actually saying, hey, this is actually specifically for black people because we want to talk about black issues and we want to feel comfortable in our skin. Like that's like in, in that context, I don't see it as a, that big of an issue, but I do see it expanding. Like if if the thing is like once this happens, I do really see the next step being black Juma prayers or black Eid prayers or black mosques and black mus- black masjids exist but they just don't label themselves as black masjids you know so the thing is though is that specifically on the flyer i think what annoyed people the most is that it said black people only it basically insinuated that if you weren't black you can't go oh, in that's you can't a problem. join even if you're for the cause that's a problem because i didn't know that i didn't know that i thought because no that that's the one thing people were yelling about yeah, okay the okay i didn't know that are but- you saying specifically only black people because like i mean in my head i was thinking it's a black if thought but everyone can come you know that's what i was thinking but we have a lot of black events in toronto like not just if thought is but like a lot of black events and they specifically they make it a point to to put on the invitation everyone is welcome you know what i mean so i just thought it was similar to that yeah but no the thing is though that there were various events so i think the first one that came out was before ramadan even started and it was in chicago and primarily the reason they did it was because of um something to do with um, african-american history with islam and something to do with malcolm x and it was like specifically about that but they didn't say nobody else can come in it was just simply black iftar and people freaked out and then various ones started popping up and popping up and the most recent one i think this is why people got angry at this one the most is because they explicitly said if you are black you can't join so i think there's two sides of it there's the why you sort of you want this event where you're trying to have this safe space and you're trying to say black muslims need to be welcomed with the community but you're also separating yourself but then on the other hand it's like well technically we, when we're invited to like um let's say uh all arab mosque or an all asian mosque we felt we feel like we're being um judged for being there that people don't want to sit next to us or people don't want to talk to us because i've been to like Moscow, I just get side eyes by like Arab women. You're not the only one. You know what I mean? There's this girl that told me a story about how she went to a masjid and for I'm not gonna say the she's she's Somali. I'm not gonna say the nationality of the other person, but literally, you know just how you're it. supposed just to say it. I'm not. Just I'm say not gonna it. Say Expose. It. Why? Why would I? But this lady, you know how you're supposed to put feet to feet, shoulder to shoulder. This lady wouldn't even put feet to feet. Like it was. Are you sure it was just to her or like in general? Because literally at my masjid, no one does feet to feet, shoulder to shoulder. No, no. I can imagine. I can imagine her doing it to the other girl. I know somebody. Um, I went to this event about black Muslims actually, ironically, and actually this woman told me a story where. Um, uh, she was in Mecca and she was praying and basically she found an area to pray, you know, near the Kaaba. And then she sat next to this old uh, Arab lady and this Arab lady said, the space isn't for you, you can't sit there. And she's like, oh, somebody must have been there. So she went behind her and she prayed, yada, yada. And then another black lady, I think of African descent, came next to the woman and she did the same thing again. And she did the same thing until an Arab woman came next to her. She allowed her to pray next to her. And like, this is in Mecca, like in front of the Kaaba. And they're like being like really. This vicious. is actually very common. I would see that in my local masjid all the time, like to the point where you kind of get used to it, and you're like, maybe they're friends, or maybe she knows her from somewhere, and then you realize, no, it's just because they're the same nationality, or they're they're out of together, and you just and it's not only uh, like I'm I'm gonna I'm not playing devil advocate or anything. It's not only like black people; they do the same to like Indians. It's just an Arab thing. I think it's like Arabs really do that a lot. 
Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. But you know, the th- my thing is, is okay. So we're telling all these stories right now of all these situations that happen, and people feel uncomfortable. So because of everything that we're describing right now, is it really so bad to want to have an event where you don't have to deal with any of this, where you don't have to think about going through the hassle of educate? Like even when you invite people that are, when we tell people everybody's welcome, anybody can come. You're saying that because you want to take this as an opportunity to educate people, right? You want to sit down and be like, if they have questions, answer their questions. You don't always want to do that. You don't always want to go through that hassle. Sometimes you just want to sit, relax, enjoy yourself, not have to filter yourself. You know, you just want to have that relaxation, right? So it's a party. Why can't you have this at a party? So for me, like the biggest problem I had with this whole thing is that I actually, like you guys all said, I'm with it. Like, I think that it is needed, but at the same time, I feel like the execution was really poor. Like if, if most of like you get backlash out of it, it's just, in my opinion, there's no positivity in it. Like, the people that are doing it, they're doing it as, like, I'm going to snub your face in it. I'm doing it. Like, I want a black-only event. And then the other people are like, oh, you guys just want to make yourself... I don't yourself- think it's that, though. It might come off of that, but I don't think it is that. Yeah, no, it depends on the... Yeah, no, no. Because- uh, no, you guys, it's not the people that are going there that are doing the it. It's the people that are outside it, that are the people that are seeing it, like, the people oh, okay, that are not yeah. black that will see it. Do you get it? Yeah. So it's not really... It doesn't really matter what your intention is. In the end of the day, what are the repercussions of doing an event yeah. like that? I'm pretty sure there's a way you could do a safe space without being, you know, I don't care about anyone yeah, but myself. that's true. Because I remember I saw this, oh God, I saw some um, other converts, they were talking about it and they were like, well, I feel uncomfortable in certain spaces because I'm white and then I have tattoos and da 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 da. And I'm like, <laughs> is it really comparable? Because there's obviously a hierarchy within the Ummah, like you can't ignore it, even if you want to sort of, like, yeah. there's nobody, when people say that there's racism within, like, Muslim communities, nobody's saying it's within Islam itself, because there's obviously proof yeah. that this racism is haram. However, there is obviously a hierarchy within the Ummah, and, like, we can't sort of ignore that fact that it exists, because it does go Arab, white, Asian, and then sort of black people at the bottom. Yeah. And you know what's the craziest thing was how many things were exposed this um, Ramadan? Like that Birmingham, um, I'm not going to call him a sheikh, who did that whole tirade in some random street going on telling people don't be black, don't act black. And then in his apology video, he was like, black people have victim mentality. And we're all victims of racism. And then on top of that, like there was all these. Yeah, it was just so disgusting. Literally. He's one of you know what I realized? People. I realized you need to go to school and get an education. If you're not certified you from University of Medina, then you're not a sheikh. I'm so sorry. Okay, no. Okay, that's not that. true. Not only that, understand society. Like, people can't just do da'wah off of passion. Like, I feel like some people are so passionate that they just make things up. And my issue with that video wasn't even <laughs> what he said. It was the fact that people went up to him afterwards and told him what he said was wrong but like and he okay claims to have acknowledged what he did was wrong and he did a video but who's gonna tell the hundreds of people that were standing there what he's saying was wrong that are gonna go home and tell their kids don't act black don't do this you don't have akhlaq if you're black if someone is doing that and they have kids that's a problem go do something no but like obviously if this guy is doing that's what they're gonna do abaya you think all those parents that were there that are like him and hear him saying this what do parents do when they hear a lecture they go lecture you about it, yeah. right? And so that he's going to go up. home and th- these parents are going to lecture their kids. No, don't act black. Being black, like, you know what I mean? And it's like, who's going to tell them, okay, you did an apology video. 30 people knew what you were saying was wrong. But what about the hundreds of people? You said you were doing that with there for an hour and a half. Yeah. He should. The second the guy told him, he should have stopped yeah. everyone and apologized. But no, he went home, took his time. Who, Like, okay, Twitter saw this. Do you think the people that, that were there, the parents and the, the moms and the dads are mm-hmm. going to see it? No, They're I mean, that's what there. irritated me the most. Like, 
It wasn't even what he did. No, the crazy thing is they probably all thought that and he just reinforced their thoughts. You know what I mean? But yeah, exactly, right? I, it's nothing new. I didn't, I wasn't, when he said that, I was not at all surprised. We got certified, we got it certified from a chef, so we're good. That's what they were thinking, you know? But like they probably got these ideas from places like this anyways, right? They didn't come out of nowhere. Like they understand like black people are gangsters. They have no akhlaq. He compared us to animals. We have a victim mentality. But like wow. the craziest yeah. thing is he just showed us why we're talking about racism. But the thing is though, I think what we to obviously sort of make it clear is that the victim mentality wasn't in his like original dawah, like in the street. It was actually from, from the, the apology, apology. Oh, where, he was, he, where he was like, oh yeah. He was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Joke. He's like, I'm sorry for being racist. I'm sorry for calling you gangsters. I'm sorry for saying that blackness is inherently evil. But also, you guys are victims for being racist because everybody experiences racism. I experience racism. Stop talking the point, to me. Basically. Go talk to you. This is the, this is, he literally proved the point. At the end of the day, we saw deep down he probably you wasn't know? sorry for what he said at the end of the day. Like, you could just tell. Honestly, we don't know his heart, but... It's, it's when you listen to these lectures that you really think, okay, only my people got me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's these kind of lectures, these kind of things that you're like, wow, if a sheikh is saying this through Islam, then I have to go listen to sheikhs that will actually care about me. Don't you think that's extremely sad? Like, even for me, it when is. I think about spaces where I'm in, when I was thinking when I first started university and my class and they're Muslim people, the whole time I'm like... But there are no black Muslim people. There are no people who look like I don't relate to other Muslim people. And I think that is a problem. And I feel like that, like, I understand that that's a wrong way of thinking. I don't think it's primarily because there's an issue. I think it's mainly because you sort of subconsciously understand that there are elements of our experience that Arabs or Asians won't get as well as somebody who's black. As an ummah, you know, like when I think about like Muslim Nimo, I feel like we should all, you know, be like related yeah, to all each other yeah. but it's just not there and it's like yeah but the thing is Ikran I think like what you're saying in terms of not relating it's not about just not relating a lot of times when you talk to people it's about how much of yourself you could be like how comfortable can you be mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and when you're sitting with a group of people right and because I went to university with majority Arabs right when you're sitting with a group of people and the issues that affect you in your life they're not really relating to that or they don't even get why they're important to you or they don't understand why what they're saying and their regular day-to-day lives it's hurtful it's the, all those things accumulate right and that's the reason why you can't relate so when i'm sitting with a bunch of arab kids and they're saying passive aggressive um or not even passive, in passing they're just saying racist ish like oh my god why is that guy with that girl oh he must want her passport or why is this person with that person or dumb shit like that or, or her hair isn't cute or she should straighten her hair more off like dumb little things like that all those little things microaggressions they all build up right and that's the reason that's why you can't get along so when you see somebody who's like you when i see forget about other black people i really who do i relate most to other Somali Muslim people like me, right? And that's because our upbringings are very similar, and what we where we came from, it's very similar, and the experiences we've had are very similar. We know we we cracking jokes, everything. It's all going to be obviously very similar again, right? But when I'm with other people, I'm not going to have that same experience, so it's not really shocking. Like, why? It's it's not surprising at all. The problem here is how much of ourselves should we sacrifice when hanging out with these people or or not hanging out but like you know interacting with these people do you get what i'm saying there should be like an accepting environment you should be able to be yourself around these people not have to like like you said before filter yourself exactly you shouldn't you shouldn't have to filter yourself my point is like when i'm okay say right now i'm hanging out with somebody and they're saying passive aggressive things or whatever whatever behavior they might have i should be able to check them on it and I should be able to be myself and they should be able to accept it. The problem here is when we're having all these, everybody's complaining about self-segregation, right? Okay, so when we're all together and I'm trying to check you for something, 
why are you feeling so defensive about it? Why yeah. aren't you accepting that yeah. there's a problem See. here? Because if that's not, or that's the number one shut you up. Exactly. Shutting me, that how? Oh, there'll be like one umma, we're one umma, that never happens. What are you talking about? Maybe they had a bad day. Excuse that's me. when I cancel you. That's when I want, well, like this whole black Muslim thing that was happening, uh, the whole, sorry, black only events that were happening. At first, I was very iffy about it. But then when I saw the response, honestly, when I saw people responding and saying, and why they're, and why they were so against it, that's when I was like, I switched stuff and I'm like, you know what? F this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I think the response against it kind of makes you think, okay, then why does this annoy you so badly? And because especially I think the first event that came up was about so spe- specifically, I think, um, Muslim slaves within the transatlantic slave trade. And even though that was clearly stated for the reason, there were so many, I'm sorry, but like specifically a lot of Somalis that I know were primarily against it, saying, oh, look, Americans have been there. Yeah. So I'm like, well, you haven't been through that experience. You haven't lived there and you're trying to you're trying to basically um project your own british somali experience onto these african-american muslims you guys have a better 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 than all of us let me just tell you guys like you guys in like in europe you guys really do have it better than the rest of us so you would understand on a day-to-day basis how it is in a country like north america it's so like the immigrants here we don't like we're not like you guys we haven't been we're not newer yeah exactly we don't mix like that you know, we have like mosques, our mosques are clearly, you know, divided. So it's, it's completely different from the, the environment you guys had. So yeah, that was kind of iffy. Yeah, the other thing is some Somali people specifically, honestly speaking, for the most part, we have our own issues and we don't really mm-hmm. care in this situation because most, not most, but a lot of Somalis don't identify with the black experience. They mostly associate more with Arab and brown and Asian culture than other black African We have our culture, own identity crisis. Yeah, we have our own identity issues. No, but you know what it is? I'll tell you, when, we, when I was in Dubai, literally, do you know every time I met an Arab person, they'll be like, oh, we're Arab together? Every time, every single time, the moment I see Somali, they're like, "Oh, we're all Arab, we're all Arab," and I literally thought I was Arab for the longest time. I'm just like, "Oh, that's happened to me so many times." Not even just me, like my mom as well. Like, bare people have been asking, "Oh, well, you're you're Somali, you should speak Arabic." I think specifically, like, yeah, as I was saying, with the British sort of experience, I think people aren't really taking into account. I mean, I don't really expect it from obviously if you're Arab, you don't really understand obviously specific black experiences. But I do find it really upsetting that certain like black people are just sort of ignoring other experiences when they they're clearly different and it's like well you haven't been through this and you haven't lived through this and you don't live in that area and you you're kind of privileged in a sense and i don't really like to use the word privilege but you are because you do live in it you live in a community like for example i don't live in a really huge somali community but i know loads of people from london who do and they have somali mosques all over the place and they have specific areas full of somalis but then somebody in let's say chicago is not going to have that because there's not a huge somali population there the problem is, is that if you don't really relate to an issue, it, it comes down to when, when should you put in your two cents and when should you try to take a step back, empathize, rethink the situation and then maybe talk. You don't always have to put in your opinion every single time. Right. And I feel like the, one of the main issues with not just um, sometimes when you're on social media or on the Internet in general, you have a harder time empathizing. You have a harder time talking or um, basically conveying your what you actually think because you're locked in that. 240 characters and you can't really say exactly what you want to say most of the time and it comes off as harsh or you mean it to be harsh or whatever but i think a lot of the main issue here is is that communication is key a <laughs> and b empathize like honestly and just think about are you really because well, like, some eyes have a real big issue with number one superimposing themselves on other black people's experiences a and b un, like constantly constantly like detaching themselves from those experiences those experiences as well like you're gonna go and try and you know 
pretend that you're whatever African-American, but then you want all the positive perks and everything that come with being Somali and East African, like, you know, that does, it doesn't work that way. And you can't go around acting like it does work that way. I guess, you know, what would have been awesome is if people saw that kind of event and asked themselves, okay, what can we do to make people feel comfortable in our spaces, you know? Yeah. Like, when you're doing an Eid celebration and you think to yourself, I'm doing an Eid celebration, why? Because Ramadan's over or whatever, and as Muslims, we're celebrating being Muslims or whatever. And so I want as many people as possible to come to this event and be happy. You know, the bottom line, why do, you, why do you have celebrations? To be happy. And so instead of thinking, I can't believe someone came to my event and felt felt isolated during my event. Instead of thinking like that, people are saying, oh, why are you guys, you know, segregating yourselves? Oh, why is it only black? people what kind of mental twisted way of thinking is that in my opinion like to me i was more shocked that people didn't see it as a way to change themselves it's a it's a sign like you guys just as a community we need to do better to make all spaces inclusive of everyone and not make people feel left out right and i feel like that should be the focus end of the day it's like why do they need to why do they feel like they need to do this kind of event and let's make sure that they feel comfortable in our spaces so that they don't need to do a separate event every time you know just like stop it from happening again it's not that deep i think as well what was really interesting is that not to use like a very like buzzword but i feel like there was a lot of gaslighting going along of people trying to sort of diminish the experiences and being like well there's no racism with the Ummah. There's nothing that's going on. And it's like, for example, you gave me the example of the um, blackface that was in Arabic TV. And it's like, I'm not even shocked. Like, after living in the Middle East for like 10 years, I'm not shocked there was blackface. It's like, it's yeah. just that there's no boundaries whatsoever. There's no respect. There's, there's like, just no respect. No, none. Yeah. Yeah. My a friend, a Sudanese friend of mine was actually telling me about that. Some Egyptian show, or was it a Kuwaiti show? I don't remember. They were basically casually, casually, honest. yeah, casually, casually blackface um talking about black stereotypes saying Sudanese people were lazy and like sleeping in bed all like it was just so disgusting and my problem was like they don't people don't actually take a step back and think about what they're doing like why how what benefit do you really get like even if say for example you thought that this wasn't racist do you take don't you take a second to step back and see how does this affect the Sudanese person well do they actually are they actually cool with this you know what I'm saying? But how are they represented? Racism in the Arab world is just a different ballgame. Like, I'm not even joking. I remember uh, there's a show. It was this guy. He It, it was a skit, basically. This oh, guy, I know his wife is really about. dark. Yeah. He's really, he was like really dark. She was really dark. And then like they make her obviously really dark. And then they made her wear a red shirt. And whenever she came in, he would be like, yeah, which means like coal on fire. <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking, how is that? How is that? How is that endearment? How is that endearment? Okay. Was a show. I don't so, know if you remember it, but it was on, I think it was NBC uh, something. It was on NBC. It was like this. It was an NBC. Was it yeah. the one with the guy that pranks people? Was it that one? Or was it, I, one? Is it, it was I, one? I, I actually this, don't remember. I don't know if yeah. he was pranking people. And I saw that as well. And another instance, he like, he did like full on changed his nose, prosthetic nose, changed his lips, changed his skin color. He was like as dark as me. And he's like uh, completely light skinned. And I'm just like, I don't understand like, the humor yeah. behind this. Like, yeah, the thing is, that's a skit. You know what happened? My cousin, she knew this Arab lady that she, this Arab lady used to always be like, oh, You're so beautiful, you're so this. And then one day she told my cousin, She's like, You know that skit? He said, Yeah, yeah, she's like, yeah, And then my cousin just looked at her and she's telling this story. She's like, She really thought I didn't watch that show <laughs> to, for her to use that, 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 oh what do you call God. it? A compliment on me. 
Oh. Like, how do you imagine thinking people live in a bubble and you could say whatever you want without consequences? Yeah. But then, can I ask you guys another question? Okay. So, we're talking about this from the, a general aspect, like the problems with self-segregation in Islam, and it's all problematic and all of that. But do you think there's actually problems with having safe spaces for the people that are in those safe spaces? I think it depends on why, because obviously we have, we are sort of in a generation, I'm not going to really like like be nice about this. we are in generation people are more sensitive like that's just a thing whether sometimes it's used for good sometimes it's a bit extra whatever you whatever you want to take but i do think it depends on the reasoning i think that's primarily it context is key and if there's a context like well people are being racist to me so i don't feel comfortable being around them that's fine but then if it's something as if you want to be mean or spiteful and you want to keep people out just because not because you have a genuine reason i do think it's a bit like what's the point of that Mm. but is there a consequence to that is there a consequence to avoiding racism and avoiding all of that toxicity and constantly like basically putting yourself in a bubble kind of no because in an in an ideal world they'd fix their issues and we wouldn't have to have these safe spaces right it would be like the prophet's yeah. time and everybody would feel comfortable with everyone no one would see color <laughs> i'm just joking but you okay, know stop <laughs> this please that's 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 so i get so annoyed when people say stuff like but that but like you know what i mean everyone would feel comfortable in their own skin talking to whoever you know you wouldn't just feel comfortable when you're talking to another somali person so the real okay, issue but that's you in your bubble but what about when you exit your bubble because that's only going to last you for so long like okay for example us growing up, we went to like elementary school. We were mostly in a all Somali Islamic school, so we didn't really like, interact with too much. But and then once we graduated and we went off to other schools and we whatever left that situation, we saw a lot of other things. But because our childhood was so sheltered, we kind of like you know how like kids can be broken down. And I've noticed that because with my siblings that didn't go to this school they were kind of like they experiencing that we didn't ex- me and Mukhay didn't experience because they had been exposed to Arab kids white kids whatever kids everyone you right? can see it reflected so had, in their personalities like you could tell you know like oh we yeah. grew up in a school that was mostly Somalis we were there for most of elementary school and then them they grew up in a country that was you know Arabs and they were surrounded by Arabs and they dealt with racism at a very young age you can kind of tell so yeah. it definitely like shapes, I feel like it shapes people. So from, become... from that aspect, okay, yeah, exactly. So from that aspect, I see the positive, right? But then what do you have when you have grown people who are like people all their lives are co- that are constantly in that bubble? Like they never get a chance to see what life really is like. And when then when they're but put I in a situation think... that they need to be in that situation, they're going to be... I don't know. They're just gonna oh, have to learn. I mean. They're just of, gonna have to figure like, it out. Like, what can they do? Is it sort of like, um, like if they've never experienced racism, so when they do experience racism, they won't know what to do. They don't like, know what exactly to do exactly. How to cope exactly. But I think maybe like as we get older, we should just generally just teach us to kids in general, just like it exists. So even if they don't necessarily experience it, they know what it is and they know how to handle it because I feel like that is something that a lot of people tend to not do. I think primarily in our community that we don't really we teach people Islamophobia. We teach them that that they will be looked at for wearing a hijab or wearing for a thobe or something. But we don't really teach them that hey, you're going to be looked at funny because you're dark skinned. And I think that's something that needs to primarily change because you don't have to sort of experience a certain type of bigotry to understand it exists. I don't know. Wouldn't you think that it's better for them to to be exposed to that kind of behavior? when they're older as opposed to when you're younger yeah. when you're older definitely because you could do with it better um in my opinion i feel like it depends on the person like you know 
different people, different things affect them differently. Like, you know, you could be, some people are more like softer or more susceptible to uh, racism and stuff. Like, and some people are more confrontational, you know? So in like, it's different for everyone. The I way think, I but I think it. if you were exposed to it at a younger age, then you'll just, you know what I mean? There's No, I, I personally would not be okay with it. Like I'd rather face it older. Me personally, um, I feel like so many other things happen in my life. If I had racism compounded on top of that, and I wouldn't know how to deal with it because I w- you, you're not taught this is how you you deal with this. So I'd be overwhelmed. Right now, as an adult, I, 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 I could defend myself. I'm in a position where, you know, you what you do to me doesn't affect me that much. But as a child, it would affect me a lot. When when you're a kid, it doesn't matter if you're a strong, you know, you there's no, there's no such thing as strong and, you know, weak child. They're just children, you know what I mean? So they're going to internalize it as they grow up. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, I mean like some people, but some people react differently to it, right? So it's like I think some that's people bad because, like, for example, for me growing up, I I didn't like I moved to Saudi Arabia when I was like seven, I think, and throughout my sort of the beginning because I was there and then I left and I came back as a teenager. So when I was a kid, I did get a lot of comments about my hair type and my skin color, da da da. And whilst I don't think it affected me to the extent it may affect somebody else, I do think. It kind of made me used to it. It kind of numbed me to it. So when I got older and I heard the comments, it was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess. Because I did, like, especially when I was a teenager, I had, who I had, like, a lot of stuff. And I was just kind of, like, numb to it, even though I guess I shouldn't have been because, like, you should really react to when somebody's being racist towards you. But again, yeah, it depends on the person because I know, like, some people who may have that and they may sort of, um, when they get older, sort of distance themselves from certain type of people because, oh, I know from what I've experienced, you're going to be like that. And it might differ for somebody else. Yeah, just to uh, add to what Han was saying, like for instance, kids when they're growing up, that's when they, at, at a young age, that's when you grow and you develop, and you basically you're a sponge. You're absorbing everything in your environment. So I really do think it's important to shelter children. Yes, but as an adult, you really do need to see the real world because your work environment, university. I do think it's really important. Like self segregating for kids, I don't. Honestly, I, I would not be happy, like, if it were me and I had children, in a hypothetical situation, and I had to choose between going to a black aid event and, you know, a regular aid event, and I have small kids, I'm probably going to choose the black one, honestly speaking, because I don't have time for my kids to be dealing with random Arab aunties or Desi aunties and uncles and whatever, saying weird shit to my kids. I'm or sorry. touching their hair. I'd rather tell <laughs> Or yeah, exactly. Oh my God, don't even. But I, I wouldn't feel com- unless I unless I know that that specific community isn't like that. Um, that's a different situation. But if I w- really just had to randomly choose between these two, I think I would go with the black one because it's. What about small doses? Like you, they 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 get a little taste of it, but not the full idea. Like you go to one event, you know, like completely shelter. I'm not with completely sheltering, and I'm not with completely exposing. Like you know, you could teach yeah. a kid something without having to force them. In I feel like early on, just have that conversation, that real conversation. Just tell them. Listen. You don't. You could be told, but you won't ex- know it until you experience it. I think for me, for like obviously because I grew up in a very, um, I guess, Arab place. I think for me, just my parents. Like my parents, very much. They didn't really. Ins- I think a lot of people when they grow up with colorism, when they grow up with having issues with texturism, etc. They it stems from their parents, and they don't really get that from mine. And I think that's primarily as long as you don't sort of um, reinforce those stereotypes or the reinforce those ideals in your children. Yeah. They won't also sort of perpetuate other things that children are doing. They'll just be like, okay, well, my parents taught me that that's wrong. And they'll sort of have that idea. Yeah. Within. Also, defending your kids, like you know, let's say for example, how say you're talking about if you go to a, a public place and uh, you know someone says something to your child, if you're standing there and you speak back, you know, then that kid will know. Okay, this is not right. 
so speaking up when you see something and in a situation and you, you speak up about it it's i think that is the our biggest problem is that we keep things hush like we're quiet about it and then we stew on it and then we come back and be like oh my god i can't believe that ha-. no right then and there deal with it look no one's omni you know potent no one is like uh, above reproach literally every single person hey what you're doing is wrong mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> and this goes out to everyone who's been um screaming and yelling and yelling and hollering about these black only Eid events or black only iftars rather than um like complain about why they're happening try and combat the issue head on if you see people who are being hurt in the streets if you see random people calling saying don't be like black people if you see people doing blackface on tv freaking report do what you can and, and stop talking about one ummah if you're not acting on I cannot stress that enough honestly like these people they're always like you know like they have energy to talk about why this is wrong oops where is your energy when this shit is going down please yeah, there's like loads of example, like when the thing happened in Hajj a few years ago. Do you remember there was a stampede? Yeah. And, um, oh my god, don't remind me. Yeah. migrants. Yeah. When it was actually the Arab ones. And I think there's like prime examples of like just racism existing. And I think it's like, well, if you don't want these events to exist, you need to fix your community. And I, I'm very much of the idea that I shouldn't have to teach you to not be racist. I think it's something you're very aware of. And I think you know that you should confront somebody if they say something racist, but you don't want to because you don't want to look like they're a bad person. And you'd rather have the black person look bad for telling them off. Because I've experienced that. Um, I remember, for example, I was at high school and this girl was saying the N-word and then I was like, don't say that. And I, I had to conf- I had 11 girls confront me and they were all trying to make me look like a bad person for like not being here for the racism. And that ha- that's happened to so many people. That's why they just give up yes. on trying to help you or trying to make you be a better person because they know you're going to turn on that's, them. That's actually so whack. So like I was sitting down with a group of my friend, like friends, and they were very like, we had an honest conversation. I was like, the, the, ra- the whole racism topic came up and I was like, you guys know it's a problem, right? And they're like, yeah, we know it's a problem. Like our generation kind of understands that it's wrong. Our parents' generation, they genuinely believe that, you know, they're ablo- above certain races, right? And then she was talking to me about one of the girls was like, I don't know, the scenario came up and she was like, oh, I asked her, I'm like, I fully asked her, if I went over to your house and something was stolen, I feel like I told the story to you guys before, but if I went over to her house, if I went over to your house and something was stolen, what would your mom do? Like, what would happen? What, like, what? And I left, what would happen? And she was like, oh, n- like, I'm 100% certain my mother would automatically think that you're the person that stole this, you know, whatever was stolen. Trash. And I was just like, you know what? I appreciate your honesty. Well, I had told her straight up. I'm like, I appreciate your honesty. Like, you didn't try to go and beat her around the bush. I'm your house. Yeah, I'm never going to her house. Hell no. But I, well, I, she was actually very, like, genuine and very honest. And she, she just was very aware. Like, the whole group surprised me because they were just very aware of the issues. They're like, the main issue is the way we were raised as children, you know, um, in the Gulf spe- specifically. They raise their kids to make them, like, genuinely believe that they're above certain nationalities. Yeah, I think in the Middle East, it's also because they have, like, they have a genuine class system to back them up. Like, in Saudi, like... They really do. Most of the domestic workers are either from East Africa or the um, Philippines or they're South Asian. So there's, like, specific, like, people... I don't know about... Obviously, it's different because um, in other countries, women can work in, like, different shops and stuff when Saudi is primarily all men so primarily when you see sort of these women they're all domestic workers and it's sort of um, desensitised you because you go around and you see these women in literal uniforms I'm not like joking like, yes. you know, like prison uniforms it's, and it's just, the same all over the around. Middle East yeah they're just walking around with these families that they're not part of and it just looks so dehumanising because they're not treated with respect whatsoever 
And I think that's kind of a thing where these children see these women look after them and they they grow up, they grow up, I think initially they grow up and they look at these women and they think, oh yeah, you're part of my family, you care about me. But as the parents get closer to them, they sort of switches and they start to dehumanise them and treat them as objects rather than people. Literally, they don't see them as humans, like to the point where they'll be in the mall, you know, their maid is carrying 30 of their shopping bags and they're walking around with both hands free, like, and she's struggling. They're just walking and she's walking behind them. The like, thing is, literally, they don't have, that. they don't act that way towards only the people that work for them. They act that way towards anyone that they see lesser than. They don't have basic human skills, basic human manners. They don't have any of that. Like, literally, from experience, I'm telling you, these people, some of them, I'm not going to say all of them, but some of them, subhanAllah, it's like, where were you raised? You know how um, the human rights issues that they're having, like when they're when they were building Burj Khalifa and like a bunch of people died because the workers were in housing and there was no AC and like even the or the, the stadium in Qatar for the, the yeah, yeah like the, the conditions yeah. there were no safety All conditions. I do not feel comfortable partaking this conversation. You guys know where I am at the moment. Rights, please and thank you. We'll release it after you come back. Anyways, what do you mean? With- what if my this call is being recorded, guys? Please. VPN, you're in California right now. <laughs> Guys, I'm scared. <laughs> My ears. <laughs> but yeah, but I think to summarize the point oh, primarily is that the dehumanization, or specifically, I guess, if I'm going to talk about black people in the Middle East, I think it comes from a very, um, it comes from a, like a system that is legitimized. I think that's the thing because slavery in Saudi Arabia was not abolished until 1964, I think, which is yeah. like a few years before my mother was born. So can you imagine mm-hmm. that? I think the system. last place the last place yeah. that slavery was abolished in the Arab world was in actually like 1980, 81, and I think it was Mauritania. Yeah, exactly. So the fact is that they've sort of replaced that. Instead of changing and sort of moving on, they've sort of replaced it with the caliphs, the kafalists, uh, or whatever it's called. The the thing is with these this whole human rights issues that they're having now, the only reason they're fixing up a little bit is because the international community started complaining. You know, oh, yeah, they didn't do that, it because they obviously. genuinely exactly they didn't do it because they genuinely felt bad. It was because the outside world saw what they were doing. They're like, oh, we look bad, so we gotta ch- fix up. You know, so it's just it's yeah. sad. Again, like going back to that, it's just these. It's cultural. It's it's years and years and years and years of problems. So it's like yes, there is a need for you know these black only stars, or yes, there is you know results from that in this sorry guys i'm so tired but basically it's not surprising that we are experiencing racism from other muslims if colorism exists within these communities themselves where they hate their own people within our own communities Mm -hmm. yeah like they hate their own people for being dark skin then what are they going to do to us that's (laughs) That's true yeah yeah but at the same time um we need to stop saying them and us because we are part of you as well that's true true. so um us us going on about oh yeah they hate us because we're black we hate us because we're black we we think we're different from other black people so i don't like at the same time we're part of the problem that shows you how nuanced this situation is how complex it is and we basically break it down we always simplify stuff and it's never a good thing in my exactly i think for me it's a bit different obviously because i'm not full somali so for me, I have this perspective of it where I'm not looking at it from, I've grown up with thinking them, um, we're not, I'm not black or I'm not, uh, like, we're not black people. So I do think it's really interesting for me to look at sort of other Somalis and how they deal with that and how they rationalise it within their head where they can sort of separate themselves. Because I even, I, I remember I saw a tweet where this girl was like, yeah, I don't know why Somalis want out, like Jamaicans, African-Americans. And I'm thinking, because I'm Jamaican, I'm like, well, Jamaican Muslims exist, African-American Muslims exist. I don't understand why you're having sort of dichotomy where you're sort of splitting us up 
even though there are Muslims exist from each and every race and each and every ethnicity because Islam is not a race or it's a religion. People take their nationalism and they superimpose it on top of their deen. Like, people can't separate the fact that Islam is something different from your own problems, your nationality, you know, whatever you feel is completely different from Islam itself. And you have people who are screaming, like Somali people were, were claiming this, the whole social justice warrior, black, you know, power, <laughs> whole, the whole narrative. And at the same time, you have, okay, so you don't want us to claim the whole, you know, black power or black, you know, whatever it's called, narrative and all that shit. And at the same time, we don't need to associate with being out of so what is that where does that put us you know that puts us in the middle so i don't what i what's really annoying is that you're allowed to be part of multiple worlds you're allowed to have multiple identities you're allowed to have you're allowed to care about multiple issues i don't you know the when people start going on about oh why do you care about palestinian issues we have somali issues or you know some what about the syrians or what about the yemenis why can't i care about multiple things like we're complex beings we're allowed to care about multiple things we're allowed to have complex identities we're allowed to you know love and do lots of things so why are we putting ourselves in boxes which i i really i dislike title so much and like this whole black thing you guys the whole black situation who who put that there who called people black who called people white who called people asian who called like exactly the thing is with that though i'm gonna come up i'm gonna come at this with a sociological point of view i don't necessarily think the issue is race because i think racial categories obviously there's like a social construct that like that's a fact However, social constructs exist for a reason and they have existed for so long. For example, money is a social construct. We choose to give value to paper money and we have for a long time. So I think race, the systems exist that oppress people based on race. Like their prison, the pipeline system exists and that's primarily to oppress black people in America. So you can't really separate race without sort of dismantling racism itself. And I think what they go hand in hand. So I think the main issue isn't the fact that people identify with a race. I think it's the issue is why do we associate being black with the negative rather than a positive? It go- all goes back to like knowledge. If if you understand that whole concept of what is race, how to start, and then accept it, and then you know like you actually know where it's coming from, then I feel like that's a weapon yeah. in your hand. But if yeah, you exactly. actually have no idea what you're playing into and you're just speaking at it from no knowledge at all, exactly, just know where it comes from. What what does race mean? Why is it important? Where do you come to play in all of this? If you know all that thing, all of that, and then you claim something or the other, that's cool. But if you're just coming at it blindly and you don't know what's going on and you're just like just exactly, yeah. then you're not really useful to the conversation and you shouldn't really be speaking. The conversation, <laughs> truly, and that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so just to finalize everything, so I'm gonna ask the question again. Are you guys pro or against the Black-only events? I think I am pro. However, I do think there needs to be... there needs People need to be careful in the way that they word things because we do have to be like honest that nowadays certain um, phrases or certain buzzwords will make people angry and you're primarily trying to get, I guess, clicks or views off of anger rather than genuine love or trying to bring us together as a people. So I do think, what is your goal here? Is your goal here to anger people and sort of get them to sort of look at your thing and sort of in- have more engagement? Or is it to make people come together and have a safe environment where they can truly be themselves? You basically summed up everything. <laughs> <laughs> Transparency is key. You need to be transparent. I, I Until yeah. now, I don't know what the motive is. To, to this day, I don't know what the motive is. So making sure, making clear what your motive is, is only going to bring good to your event. That's the only thing I want to add. I would say, I don't know. Like, I feel like as long as there's a need for it, I can't see why not. Because as long as all we're doing is people are doing is creating safe spaces and it has nothing to do with race. It just has to do with 
people who understand your struggles and go through what you go through, right? And so as long as there are spaces that everyone feels comfortable, then I would be against it. I think as well that um, it also depends on what the event is, because obviously Eid parties and iftar are different to like specific like religious events where it has to be everybody like a prayer for example if you're going to go t- to Tarawaya and you're saying it's a black only Tarawaya I think that's a completely different sort of thing to black lead party or just like black events in general right because people always the only reason why people even do these events is because we feel isolated at other events right so maybe focus on the issue and try to make other spaces more inclusive and then we won't have this issue of division yeah. i honestly i love that like you know being muslim i love being muslim i love connecting with other muslims i want to see muslims from every single part mm-hmm. of the world you know at an event ideally that's what i want i want to see everyone from everywhere having enjoying themselves loving each other just because because we're muslim first i feel like we need to emphasize it right because i feel like we're always like talking about black issues or talking about somali issues but we acknowledge like we're muslim first no matter what right and so exactly. like that is exactly. what comes first I also think that's important for like other people to understand that you're Muslim before your culture. Because if your culture is being racist, your culture is being colorist, Islam says that's bad. So why do you, why are you paying attention to your culture yeah. more than Islam? Mm-hmm. That's about it. That's exactly <laughs> what that, yeah, that's exactly it. Like at the end of the day we're one Ummah. So we all need to remember we're one Ummah, black and whoever else, right? Mm-hmm. So just to empathize, learn to put yourself in other people's situations. How do you feel if somewhere someone else was to do whatever you're about to do how would you respond to that so whether you're hosting a black only aid event or whether you're you know being vocal about why you think there shouldn't be a black only aid event think about what you're saying and why you're saying it think about how how you're advertising your events don't just you know explain why say if you wanted to do an event for only black muslims and you don't want anybody else to come detail why you want that to happen don't just say blacks only i think that I, i don't think they should do like black only that's the one part that I probably whether, wouldn't agree with. My point is, whether they do it or not, my point is, whether they do it or not, think about why you're doing it and explain yourself, you know? Because at the end of the day, we all know that in a real, like, in an ideal world, we are supposed to be on Ummah, where people all sit together at the table and whatever, right? So knowing that, right, explain why you think it's important for you to have a you-only event. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I totally am with that, like, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's an issue. I think if you say, for example, I'm only inviting X Y Z because only X Y Z makes me feel comfortable, and I don't have the energy to explain racism. To exactly. Z, that'd be a perfect explanation, do it. Exactly, and then be like, you know what? Next week, I'm having another event that you can all come to. But this week, I just want to be myself, and I don't want to have to talk to you all day and educate you all day. I don't think anyone would be offended by that. And if you are, you are racist. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should also t- uh, mention that. In Islam itself, division is from the shaitan. So I think it's important that even we, regardless of how comfortable, uncomfortable we feel, like even for myself, first and foremost, I think we need to find a way to like not isolate ourselves and separate ourselves. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't see that because that's a long term kind of goal, right? So but we need short term solutions. Like what can I do today right now when racism and and discrimination already exists and is rife in the community? What can I do today to make myself feel a little better? Yes, I have long term goals. I want to make things better. I want to work on them, but what about today? Things aren't gonna fix it. Your your division is more like a line a line in the sand. This is more like a line in water. So today I'm gonna be divided. Tomorrow we're gonna you know not division, but today I'm gonna be solo. Tomorrow I'm gonna be with you. It's fine. Everyone needs space. Okay, and on that note, let's end the 
episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to add to the conversation or you want to throw in your two cents, you can DM us or add us on Twitter and Instagram, a blonde podcast. You can email us at a chronicles at gmail.com. And uh, Han, do you want to plug in yourself again for our listeners? Oh yes. If you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on Hanaxine on Twitter and you can follow NerdyPoc on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. We'll put all those links and details in the description Thank you so much, Hania, for being on our episode. It was so much fun having you. It was nice talking to you guys.